chunk is up. It's me, your host, Callie Dowd. Um, this is Don't Look For Me, episode six. I am currently... I have made my own decision to continue the podcast. Um, I'm currently in the U.S., so this is like a live update, I suppose. Kind of not live because I've been here for like two weeks now. Um, today is actually the 14th day of my, yeah, it's my 14th day of quarantine. So, um, I am corona free, have not had symptoms the entire time during quarantine. Literally, I think I sneezed like once and I documented it. So, like, I had to sneeze and I filmed myself doing it. So, I have proof that I only sneezed once, I guess. Um,. I guess that's proof enough. But anyway, yeah, I don't have the coronavirus, which I was in Europe, if you're new and weren't listening to the previous um, episodes, I created this this podcast to document my time there and basically make it easier for my family and friends to know what I was up to without repeating the same stories over and over. And also, it's just weird. It's a weird time of my life, so I figured, like, why not make it now? I've always wanted to make one. Why not make it now? Well, it was perfect timing because we're going through a pandemic together as one, and you're going to need some entertainment. You're going to need something. I don't even know if I would call this entertainment, but it's, like, definitely something for you to listen to. While you're quarantining, um, if you're not quarantining, if you're not self-isolating, um, I, I don't know if you are simply stupid, if you're simply uninformed, if you don't know what's going on, I mean, I just told you, so stay inside, please, like, I just really need you to stay in, in your house. If you have to go out, if you're getting really, like, unstable in there, if you're getting really sad, which was happening to me, I get it. It's not easy. I'll be, um, I'll be one to say, like, it's hard to, for me especially, to, like, be alone without anything to do, without anything to really look forward to, which sounds really emo, but, like, that's the truth. Like, everything was canceled for, for most of us. Our jobs aren't happening um, social events aren't happening. I was kicked out of the country that I wanted to be in for the next two months. Like, things are canceled for us, and it's sad. And I know it's sad, and I'm probably, like, a broken record right now because you've heard this and thought of it for the past couple weeks that this has been, um, escalating here in the States. But, I mean... I'm just kidding. I know this is not the normal tone of the podcast, but I'm not even in Bulgaria anymore, so, like, we're sh- we're shifting gears. I, I'm gonna have to shift gears here. It's gonna be a wacky time, nonetheless. But yeah, I know this is a big ding-dang bummer for everyone, so I've been trying to put it into perspective all the time I've been in quarantine. Like, this is happening to everyone across the globe. Every study abroad student was sent home to their um, own country, own home, state, whatever, wherever you came from. Everybody's jobs are being messed with, no matter if you've got laid off or, like, you still work, but you're, like, trying to avoid getting the coronavirus. Like, everybody is at this weird point in their life. 
and it's been weird and it's sad. So when we get to go back to normal, which it will happen if we, you know, continue to self-quarantine and be smart about things, it'll go back to normal and we're going to realize how many cool things and good things we had. So just hang in there, boys and fellas, because good times are coming. Good times are going to roll. And right now, you just have to make good times in your own house. Like, fill up your bathtub with slime, like that video on YouTube. Or make a card house. So I am still in classes through the American University in Bulgaria. So, I mean, like, just like schools in the States, their school is online as well. Um, everything in Bulgaria is shut down. When I left, the day I left, um, I tried to go around and, like, pay my respects, if you will, say my goodbyes, uh, eat at the favorite restaurants that I had, you know, go into some shops the last day with my mom. My mom had come that last weekend and was actually planning to travel with me for her spring break. So she had flown in while President Trump was announcing the um, travel ban against Europe, like basically saying that they were not going to allow incoming flights from Europe into the States. Um, and she was on the plane to Bulgaria when he told everyone that. So that's classic Casey for you. So basically, we didn't know what this meant for us going forward. Like, if this travel ban was going to essentially block us from coming home within a, the allotted time. Because they had put a time limit on this and, like, given people a little bit of notice. Very short amount of notice. I think it was, like, until midnight the, the next night. Um, you could... They were stopping all flights. And so... We kind of freaked out because we had the option to go fly to Greece. We had already, this trip to Greece was already paid for because we had our flight and everything. Um, and so we were deciding whether to go there or to go back to the school, pack up my things and like leave. <laughs> and this was before they had told me that I had to come home. We were like considering getting me out of there anyway. Um, in light of everything. And I kind of had this weird feeling that they were going to email us and say it because I think another girl, I think Emily, you guys, if you listen to episode three, she's on episode three. Um, she had already been told she needed to leave the next morning. So I was, I didn't get to say bye to Emily. Um, it was sad. I didn't get to say bye to a lot of people, um, because people had to get on planes and go immediately home. And it was sad. It was, I cried a lot. I cried more than I normally do about anything. So, because it all happened so fast and it was crazy how it was affecting the whole world. And it was scary because I didn't know if I was going to get to go home easily. Um, it was just a mess. And so, we decided ultimately the smartest decision was to not go to Greece. Even though it was paid for and it's an amazing place. Um, I, I didn't, I gave up that trip and my mom gave up the trip and we lost quite a lot of money from that. Um, but like, like I said, it's one of the things, one of the very small 
parts of the world that is affected by this. You know, it's like my life is a tiny little speck on a raisin compared to everything that is happening. So it's like, I can sit and whine that I didn't go to Greece or I can look at the bigger picture and be like, yeah, that's um, probably smartest that I didn't go because I would have been farther away from the goal, which was to get back to the States in time. So we went back to school and my mom, so if any of you know my mom, um, you know that she's very, she's similar to me in some ways, but she's also very, very, very different from me. Um, she is very, she's a very clean woman. Not saying that I'm not clean. I wash my hands, especially now, but she's very, she wears clothing that is just very professional, very crisp. She's a very crisp lady. Um, I don't know how else to describe her. She, very classy. Um, most of the Bulgarian men that I came in contact with were very aggressive, very scary, very tall, very bald men. And I was worried that when my mom got off the plane and saw their aggressive demeanor and their the way that they like, if you if they saw a white woman in the streets, you know, not necessarily in the airport, but in the streets, she would stand out, you know, and she stands out. And, and so I was kind of worried that she was going to get heckled and I didn't know how she would respond to that or, or respond to the way that, you know, you can't really easily communicate with them because they speak Bulgarian and she speaks Southern Lady USA. Well, it was just cool to see her there because seeing your mom in this weird place that you'd gotten to know was just like, it was like two worlds colliding kind of. I also forgot to tell you guys where I am right now. I'm in a car. Yeah, I'm in my mom's car. That. Wasn't that an old line? I'm in me mom's car. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well. Quarantine has been a roller coaster of emotions for me. Countless doubt. Because I've had times when I would have sad, sad times. And I'd be like, oh man, I miss my friends from Bulgaria. And I miss my friends from Johnson City. Because... Look, guys, I was stuck in my mom's house with no one to be friends with. So there would be low times. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'd be really sad and I'd start crying. I just recently started crying a lot more than I normally do. And I'm not talking about just in quarantine. Like, even in Bulgaria, I would just see cool things and start crying. And that's, like, not me at all. If you know me, you know that I am very dry-eyed. I'm a dry-eyed Nelly. Anything sad could happen at me and I would just not even shed a tear. You know, I would pretend to maybe if I needed to. Maybe if I was in a theatrical performance, I'd probably try to cry. Um, But when I really cried, it was normally private. Privately cry. Maybe to my mom. I don't know. But I've started just just exuding moisture from my sockets quite frequently. And it's kind of freeing. I think I've hit an emotional um, crossroads in my life where I've chosen the path that is more open, more, um, I guess I'm more vulnerable now. 
So, I guess now is the perfect time for any of you to come to me with your feelings, you know, because I'm vulnerable and I can just receive it, I feel. Like, old Callie could not receive it. I would be so awkward with you if you tried to talk to me about your feelings. I'd be so uncomfortable. But now I have feelings, I think. So, yeah, it. like I said, I'm a very accessible gal. I have multiple platforms that you can reach me on. Tell me your thoughts um, while we're in this isolating period. Anyway, quarantine has been so bad. Also, cars, side note to the side note, cars are very good sound rooms. I had a sound room I was using back in Bulgaria, and it was actually, I'm going to be honest with you, and be quite frank, it was not a real sound room. It was like a basement, it was in a basement of one of the dorm buildings, and they had cool mics that I was using. I'm using mine now. But I was using their fancy mics. And they had like mattresses around the room and carpet. So it sucked up the sound pretty well. But in here, in this car, like I feel like it's a, it's pretty equivalent to the sound sucking nature of that mattress room. I put up this blanket to kind of suck up some of the, it's in front of the dash to suck up some of the sound. And it has, um... Mother Mary Magdalene on it. It's a very Catholic blanket. I don't know where I got or where my grandparents got this. They're not even Catholic. I think they got it from their Catholic son. So, shout out to you. Anyway, um, back to what I was saying. Quarantine has sucked, but I've, I've realized I have a talent. I've started digging holes randomly around the yard without any motivation any real reason I'm not burying anything if that's what you're thinking um it's just simply a way to get my anger out I don't want to take it out on my mom I don't want to take it out on you guys so I dig holes those of you who have asked about what the kind of process was for getting back um the CDC literally had to sign a form saying that where had we had been in the past two weeks uh, where we had traveled and that was it you know even if you had been in a place that was in the zone of um lockdown or had uh, a lot of cases like I was in Belgium which had quite a few cases um of the virus they literally just took the information and that was it like for their records I don't know but there was no real application to the process at all like I literally just told them and then left so that was kind of what it was like um but in Sofia the airport when we were flying out of Bulgaria they had us take our temperatures like scan our temperatures um the forehead scanner thingies and those who showed signs of a fever had to be pulled aside and like I think I don't really know what happened after that, but, like, they were taking precautions, is what I'm trying to say, um, at the door. You could not enter the airport without having your temperature taken. So, that was really cool. I mean, it was, like, a hassle, of course, but it was a very good, convenient, or not convenient, it was a very simple action that I didn't see happening in the airport's, um, 
in the states that I was in. And it was just, I mean, I hope they're doing it now. If there are any flights even going in or out at all. I hope that they're taking those precautions. But that was just weird. Um, But a positive was when I landed in Atlanta. Just the energy that I got from the people. The workers. I mean, I was going through security to get on my last flight home. Which was like literally less than an hour to Knoxville. Um... I was trying, I was going through security and this man, you know how you have to not have any fluids in your pack to go through the security? Well, this man had a whole bottle of wine and the, the woman that was working the security, she was like, you can't have any fluids, um, when you go through the security line, sir, like, we're gonna confiscate that or whatever. And he literally, like, everybody in the line was like, chug, 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 and this man who I think he was Indian. He looked Indian. Um, He was so cute and small. He took out his wine bottle and just chugged it. It was like a medium-sized bottle, not a big bottle. And his wife was just grinning ear to ear, you know? And I just love... I just have that image in my head now when I think about coming back to the States and just, like, the community that it is like just there's so much friendliness here i'll drive through my neighborhood and people will just smile and wave you know but that was a wholesome moment when he chugged his wine and then tried to take off his shirt once he got through security i guess he was tipsy by that point he tried to take off his shirt and his wife was like put it down put your shirt down and his stomach was hanging out and i was like i love it here you know um My online classes, though, have been really weird. I have used them to be very honest with people. Now I I feel like a sense of power now that I'm back here. And, like, I don't have to look at them and see their faces. So there was this guy in my creative writing class that I always thought was attractive. And we were doing this, like, creative writing assignment during one of our online classes. And I was bored. So I for my turn, which the assignment was to, like, fill in. It was literally just, like, a child game, kind of, almost. We were, like, supposed to create a story in the the inbox thing, the, the chat. And we were supposed to, like, fill in the blank with the next line of the story, and then he was, like, gonna put it together and critique it like a, like a writer man. Um, but for mine, I literally, he was like, alright, Callie, it's, you're up, you know? And I was like, alright. So I typed in my little slot. I was like, hey, Yorgi, I didn't get to tell you this when I was in Bulgaria, but I think you're really hot and you should know that. And now that I'm on my soil, I felt really um, more safe, more secure to tell you that. And uh, everybody in the class was just so appalled and so like, yeah, like I love this class. And I was like, you're welcome. I really spiced it up. You know, I was really, I mean, he should have thanked me. The teacher really loved that I said it though. He's kind of a pothead. He actually smokes on camera. Anyway, he loved that I said that. And Yorgi DM'd me. And I was like, oh yeah, he's typing. Like, he is going to try to kiss me all the way from Bulgaria. And he responded with, hey, Callie, I have a girlfriend. But it was super cool of you to say that. You're amazing. And if you want to write a story with me using our characters, like, that'd be cool. 
And, like, I didn't know what to say at that point because he had rejected me in front of everyone. In front of the teacher. Like, they all thought he just didn't respond. And so, I was kind of pissed at him. Like, Yorgi, like, you you know, the least you could have done was lied. You could have said, like, oh, I've liked you too. Because, like, it's not going to happen. It's not like we're going to kiss you know I'm never gonna see him again so the least he could have done was said oh yeah I've always been in love with you too like I know we've never spoken and I actually forgot which one you are but like I think you're amazing and beautiful and like maybe one day we'll kiss you know it could have he could have sparked some hope in me but instead he just like was true and loyal to his girlfriend and that's sickening um so frick you Yorgi um if you're listening to this I wish that you would have lied to me because I at least needed that little speckle of hope but now I'm stuck in quarantine without any 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 speckle of hope from a Bulgarian lover so it's your fault but um thanks for being a good sport I guess because I did call you out all right well since the government put me in timeout as did they put all of you in timeout I decided to ask you guys on Instagram to ask me questions so that I could do them on this potty. And I told you guys that if you didn't ask me questions, I was going to pretend like you did and use your usernames, select few usernames, and read questions I wrote saying that you said them. I'm telling you this because... I'm reminding you of this because... Essentially, I said that to scare you into asking me questions. And I'm not going to tell you if it worked or not. I'm not going to tell you if people actually asked me questions or if I'm making them up. I think that leaves an air of mystery to me that you will never be able to figure out. Like, is she, does she have people that care about her or does she, is she just like clinically insane and made up all of these questions to give her an air of like popularity or like some people care about her that's kind of the um the type of curiosity that I'm trying to trigger in each of you um it gives you uh, something to think about so I'm not gonna tell you whether I made these up or not but Parker W. Jones asked the most classic American thing you experienced in the region that bulges question mark um So, in the region that bulges, there were a lot of classic things that happened, but to answer your question, Parker, um, basically, I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it, and I was like, the weirdest time that I had was actually, well, okay, it's hard to say this was the weirdest, but it was very strange. When we first got there, we asked about laundry, and... The dean of students was like, yeah, the laundry services, like, they um, are in the basement of your dorm rooms, but you have to um, pay seven leva to have them do your laundry, and they fold it, and then you go pick it up. And I was like, I don't want that. I don't want that. I I appreciate these women, and but I, I've always done my own laundry. Literally since I was a kid, done my own laundry, folded it, you know, put it up. And I don't have to pay for it normally. I mean, other than, like, if you're at school. But the first week, the laundry service was closed. So, um, in the last week, 
the laundry service was closed. So the last week I had quite a lot of laundry that I needed to do. And they had told us that they had put a bucket and a drying rack and I think a sponge or something in the dorm like bathrooms. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to ever like use that. I'll just wait for the laundry service. Well, this specific week I couldn't wait. So I took to the bucket and stole some of my sweet mates detergent because if they're hearing this, um, I don't think I've said fuck yet. Fuck you. Sorry guys. If you don't like me saying that, I'm just like telling those people that I don't like them because they were not good. And that might be a story for another time. But anyway, I stole their detergent. And started scrubbing my clothes like a pilgrim woman. And then rang them out. And it sounded like I was peeing on my floor. Because the water dripping and... Yeah, it just sounded like I was peeing. Um, it was funny. And then I put them on the drying rack. And, I mean, I just felt like such a pilgrim lady. I washed them in the shower, too. Like, I would put soap in them in the bucket. And then put them under the shower head. And just, like, mix them around on the ground. And then, yeah. It sounds kind of gross, but it was an experience. Um, do you like taters? Michael A. said. Um, yeah. I do. Based Adam said, do you think I kill people? I do think that. I think that any other answer to that question um, would result in my death. So I'm going to say, yeah, I do think that you kill people. Uh, CV.Lee said, what is your favorite quarantine pastime? This is a really um, loaded question because, you know, I recently have been passing the time by being sad. That was really emo, so I'm going to lie and say that my favorite pastime is coloring and drawing and um, probably like listening to music and being outside and um, just like soaking up the nature and just like being one with myself, so. Yeah, no, it's being sad. It's being really sad. That's kind of my favorite thing to do right now because, you know, I got to get it out, you know, because like when I go back and see people, I don't want to be sad. I want to be happy. I want to be happy to see them, which actually I see people tomorrow because I'm out of quarantine, technically. I'm still going to isolate myself. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be real cautious about how I interact with people, but like I'm dying and I need social interaction somehow. So I'm technically not, I'm Corona free as of today. So I'm going to go out and see a friend or two. But yeah, being sad. Yeah. Um, Miranda Sheik said, do you want to do a juice diet with me? Um, she also asked, hi. And she also asked, if you was gay, would you smash XOXO? Um, yes. So. What was your favorite part about study abroad? Thomas Seely asked. You know, good question. I... I know I've been a little negative and a little sad and a little emo this episode, and I'm sorry about it, 
but like we're all we're all in this boat together and I wanted to be real with you I'm not gonna like put on a brave face and be like oh my god like I'm just so happy to be back in quarantine you know away from Bulgaria no study abroad two months of study abroad was sick like I'm not gonna lie I know it got cut short but like I'm gonna give myself credit like I still had a bomb ass time and I think my favorite part about being there to kind of be as general as I can because everything was pretty much everything was great um was just the mountains like if you follow me on Instagram I post a lot about mountains because they had so many and they were all like a weird mixture of the Smokies and the Rockies in a way I I felt like I was in a parallel universe where I could like look one way and see like rolling hills almost smoky like mountains kind of and then one way was like snow-capped rocky like mountains um so yeah the Balkans the Balkans bruh it was like it was hitting you know um yeah I just liked that you could go where I was you could go and this goes to say for a lot of European places um you could be in the city and then just decide to go on a quick hike up into the woods and just like do it in the same day and then come back down and grab some street food and head home and it's just like that kind of environment things are just so spread out here because we're so big we've got so much land and it's just like it was a different feel and I liked that so that's the answer to that one um Abigail Arnett said what happened to Smackaroonie boy so I had to think about this for a second because I didn't know like what she meant by that um but then I thought about it really good and I remembered that I think I mentioned either on my Instagram or in the last episode about this French boy that I met and if he listens to this like that's gonna be really embarrassing for me and there might be a chance that he does because my friend, I think, listens to it that he's friends with. So, that will be really uncomfortable. Um, but his name starts with an M. I don't want to say it because, like, that would be super awkward. But he knows who he is. Um, he was this French boy that kind of knew English. He was taking English classes. And I met him through my friend, Sylvain, that went to the university with me and I visited him in Belgium and we went climbing together and we went to a Belgian mall together and played and ran around in there and stuff um but whatever happened to him Abigail is that I live in the U.S. of A and he lives in Belgium so yeah that's kind of what happened to him. Um, we, I think she called him Smackaroonie Boy because he told his friend. Okay, this is kind of exposing, but I didn't say his name, so it's fine. Um, he told his friend that he wished that he'd kissed me. And I, you know, wished he had too. Because, like, that would have been really good. You know, French man just, like, giving me a smackaroo in Belgium. That's pretty dope. Not just for, like, the kicks and gigs of it, but, like, he was really great. He was an awesome dude, you know? I would have... But we, you know, it... Well, he... It's just not a thing. So, bye! That's done. That's taken care of. Uh, Gowrie said... 
which basically means come kiss me in uh it's not I don't want to get this wrong I think it's in I don't want to say it because I think I yeah okay I just had to pause because I had to open the door and let air in because I forgot to do that and I'm in a car like I said which if you sit in a car for a really long time there's not oxygen flowing so I almost died like like when people I feel like a baby that was left in the car by their mom that went into Target and never returned that's never happened to me I don't want to like like allude to some kind of tragic uh thing that happened to me as a child my mom never left me in a car and went into target for over an hour but like I don't doubt that that's happened to kids before and that's so sad but like yeah don't leave your kids in cars don't do that please or dogs or cats or rodents um speaking of rodents this is a little um interlude to the question asking because I've been doing that for for a little bit um this is just a shout out to Ellie Burnett, who I call Squiddy. She's my friend, Squiddy. Um, her little sister's a rodent. I don't know if it's a rat or like a hamster or something, but its name is Chunk, which her little sister did not know how relevant the word Chunk was to me when I visit, visited them. But I heard that her hamster's name was Chunk and I had to cradle it in my arms well that little chunky boy has testicle cancer and it's dying and I know that I say that with a straight face but I did laugh about it for quite a while and it's okay if you're laughing too don't feel bad you know and if Squiddy's little sister is listening to this like you have to understand that it's funny that your hamster has testicle cancer um and its name is Chunk so the sentence chunk has testicle cancer came out of Squiddy's mouth. Um, and that did make me laugh for quite a while, but now I've come to terms with it and I just want you guys to kind of be aware of it. I'm raising awareness. Um, send her money. I don't know her Venmo, but like find it and send her money for this because this is a hard time in her life. She's going through something. You know, we're all going through the virus, but this is bigger than that. You know, this is bigger than the virus. This is testicle cancer. So, anyway, back to the questions. I don't even know how I got onto that. I'm like ADD central today. Tiffany Dang said, did you go to underground LMAO? Um, I'm glad you asked. Actually, I don't think I actually specifically talked about underground while, while I was there. But underground is this very well-known nightclub in Blago and yes I went of course I went oh my god it was it was a place it was an experience if you go to Blago of Grad and don't hear anything about the underground then you are I, I, I don't know I guess you don't go outside because people talk about it like all everywhere everywhere adults talk about it the professors tell you to go like, when we first got there, the doctor, who eventually became our saving grace with this virus thing, we didn't know how important he was to us at the time, but he was, like, giving us a lecture. He was giving all the exchange students a lecture on, like, 
medical procedures and like what to do in times of um need when you are sick like oh yeah like that's not gonna happen you know that was what we were thinking but then he um kind of went on a tangent he was like has anyone told you how to have fun in Blagovgrad and we were like no no one's like told us how to have fun like please let us know he was like well you go to discotheques you go to underground you get you get drunk you make sure you drink iron and you call taxi you you don't drive home you take taxi be safe and you know he was just giving us all the dad like um tips and pointers but like yeah they're just always encouraging you to go there but Tiffany knows because she studied there last year. So double shout out this episode to Tiffany, who studied there as well. Um, yeah, Underground was weird. I am not much of a club goer at home. So like a Bulgarian club hit different, you know, because I've only been to a club here a couple times and thought it was weird, but it was hilarious. So that's that. Um, but, like, they'll play old hip-hop, like, old Jason Derulo songs. Just, like, very strange music array. Um, and, yeah, like, I remember the first night I went, I was pretty, um, in taxi. And I was dancing next to this gay couple. And I say that like it's a surprise because... I don't know if I mentioned this, but in Bulgaria, like, there's not that many, um, I, I didn't see, I didn't meet that many gay men, and, like, here, I feel like I know so many, um, but, like, there, it didn't seem as popular, it didn't seem as, like, popular to be very open about your sexuality, which is very sad, um, but they were so vibrant, so openly gay, just, like, they were very much making out right next to me, just, like, very juicy kissing, um, and I remember seeing them next to me and, like, pointing at them and be like, yeah, and then they, like, stopped making out for a second, and they're like, oh, yes, we love you, like, for my support or whatever, because they probably don't get that much support, so I just, like, wanted to be there for them, you know, like, yeah, make out with that dude, because you're gay, you know, so that was cool, saw a gay couple, spotted, you know, it's kind of sad, though, that, like, that was such a rare sighting, but every place is different, and we're all trying to get evolved, we're all trying to, trying to fix our bad habits, and, and this is a time of change, Anyway, Michael, I asked another question. She said, can you explain to me what a thought is? Is that a type of tater tot? Um, I thought it stood for that hoe over there, but I've been using it as a replacement for like having a thought, like thinking, like having a thought. I just spell it shorter. And it makes me sound like an imbecile, but it also makes me feel like I'm connected more to the internet. So, yeah. Miranda Sheik said, I'm eating a squash. Okay. Uh, Kirsten Todd 5 said, what is your stance? I believe firmly that the when it comes to it, you'll know. And you won't know what it is. Because 
it may be different from what you thought when you wanted it, but sometimes you do. And that makes you glad, mostly in for because the future is what is in and you might want maybe for. So that's my stance. Um, and yeah, that's the episode. That's the last question that I'm going to read. So I don't know. I think this was a weird time. Very strange episode. Very different from the last, from the few before. But we're going to keep doing this thing. And I want to preface that I am... I had to take another breather because I almost ran out of oxygen again. If I'm starting to sound like I'm out of breath, it's because I'm in a car. And next time I do this, I'll probably be in some sort of closet or something. So don't worry about my like safety for this podcast like I'm not always going to be doing it in a car but this was the best solution yeah um that's it for today and I will be back next up um next episode I'll be in Johnson City with some of my pals so perhaps I'll have them on I guess uh continue to not look for me and I'll see you next episode